Listener Production. A mad edition for your Monday footy talk. Mitch Robinson joins me from the Blues and the Lions, of course, to talk about how well the Blues are going, to talk about the Lions and how things wound up there. We talk squirrel grips. We talk brown lows. We talk everything you could imagine. This is the Footy Talk podcast coming up next. Yes, footy talk time for your Monday, of course, the daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. And as I teased in the intro, an absolute treat for your Monday, a man who played 247 games, 100 of those at the Blues and 147 of those at the Lions. One of the toughest players I ever played with, and a little bit mad as well, it is Mitchie Robertson. Mitchie, good morning yes. to you. I needed that pump up this morning because I'm that flat. I had a tough weekend, and as soon as I said Daisy's going to be on, I was like, yep, get me on. I'm three-timer now. Um, they keep calling me back, so I'm doing something right, but thank you for that. No, no worries. Why are you a bit flat? What's going on in the world of Mitch? Uh, I, got knocked, I got knocked out on Saturday in the game, and it was 30 seconds to go, so I had a little sleep on the grass, and, um, yeah, we lost by a point, so... It's been a bit of a boring weekend, mate, to be honest. I've just been chilling out of home and um, trying to stay away from everyone because I'm a bit angry. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, you need to look after yourself because that head has been clipped a few times in your playing <laughs> career. So you just take it easy for a couple of weeks, I'd imagine. Yeah, hey, let's yeah. talk some footy. Um, let's kick it off with the Pies. Yep. It's been a big week for them. They lose two in a row now. They've lost to the Hawks. And, of course, they lost the weekend before to the Blues. But on top of that, it's culminated in a Nick Dacos injury. Ooh. He's Brownlow shot to bits. The bookies, I work for a company, they've just gone, nah, piss off. Bont and Pally, Petrarca, it's pretty much between you two now. What's your take on all that? Yeah, look, he's put in a stellar season and and the hype was real. Early days, I was like, nah, he's going to get tagged and get bashed up and he'll drop off at some stage. But credit to him and the Pies, they, they look after him and they give him the ball wherever he is on the ground and he's a immaculate ball user. So he was always going to be in the conversation. But a hairline fracture in the knee, I don't know. I've never really heard of that. Um, so I don't know if it was like an impact, like knee on knee type thing, or it's a bit of wear and tear from getting too much leather poisoning. But yeah, I think the Brownlow, like it's, it's strange because every year you think someone's going to kill it in the Brownlow and then they, they don't poll too well. So if, if he, if he comes, I don't know if he's going to come back is he's probably done for the, no, six more weeks. So he'll get back for yeah. a final at best, but none of the home and away. Yeah. So it's one of those things that like, if he's polled so damn well, like we think he has, um, I still reckon it's a pretty big chance because a lot of other players, like they might get their votes stolen or the umpires might see the game differently. So I know a lot of blokes would have chucked a lot of money on him during the year and they'd be pretty flat with that, but cash out if he can. But I'm saying he's still a he's still a sneaky chance. I'm a bit with you on that. I think he'll be so far ahead and it actually makes for a really entertaining count because he'll be in front and there'll be Petrarca, Bontempelli, Taranto, uh, Errol Goulden all chasing him. Yeah. So... It yep. makes for... I'm definitely going to watch the latter part of the... the like when the Brownlow's getting towards around 20-odd, it's going to be very, very interesting, that's for sure. Are you concerned about the Pies at all? Or you just think this is a little bit of a nah. flat spot before they straighten up? I think like a couple of losses is good for them because it's a bit of home truce and they can look at a few things that's going against them in those last couple of weeks. But they're still the, the best team in the comp. And although Brizzy have beat them um, and they got them again soon, I think, it's, it's, I think they're the team that's going to be right up there in the finals. And on, although they've had a couple injuries coming into the finals, I think a little freshen up. Like all the games they play in are literally like down to the wire. So that's going to take a toll on a team. And although they do win those close ones, like you, just got to, you know for yourself that – um, it, it takes a toll on the body and the mind and it's, it feels like a final every week for them. So 
I don't, I don't mind a couple of losses. Like everyone's kind of laughing at it and saying, oh, they've got ahead of themselves and whatnot. But I think it's, it think, I think it's a good thing, um, you know, freshen up some of the players. And, and when you taste a couple of uh, losses in a row, um, I think they're going to come out in the next few weeks and absolutely kill it. I like that and couldn't agree more. What about our old side, the Blues? <laughs> All of a sudden, but, six weeks ago, mate, if, and if you're anywhere near Melbourne, there was a chance that Icon Park was to be burnt down. There was assassination <laughs> attempts on Michael Voss. It was, they were literally, they were lining up in the streets with pitchforks and flaming bloody brooms. It was full vigilante uh, shit. And now they've just yeah. six in a row, no dramas, yeah. might even be more than that. They're flying. Seven. Seven. It Mate, is seven. You, you and I both know how crazy those supporters are. Like, they're I good, but they are Mate, passionate. They're horrible. They're horrible. But, yes, they're passionate. But like on street fans, like they're the best. So free pass to go down to Danini's and get your free pass down there. It's a lead. The treat of pass it's my go-to. But you and me both probably remember the days walking in the race after a couple of losses in a row and they'll be throwing memberships and scarves and calling you every name under the sun and, and calling for the coach's head every bloody week. So... I love the passion, but hey, hey, hopefully they didn't jump off too early and they still have their memberships in their back pocket. But they're, yeah, they're flying and they, and they won a game on the weekend when really they shouldn't have. And yeah, a few of their players stood up. And, and it was a game that, you know, Charlie Kerno, who's been keeping him in all these games, he was he's pretty quiet with only one snag. So um, they'll make finals for the first time in God knows how long. Um, I know uh, Darren Goring just said uh, that the lid's come off. So. I think it's uh, if they make finals, they're going to push it a little, push it, maybe get a win. I don't know if they're going to go far, but I think they'll get a win and the supporters can finally have bragging rights over Essendon, who you know might just miss out. They are the informed team of the competition, as we said. GWS was, but they got rolled on the weekend. So probably them and the Ds are the form team of the comp. I think it was a good thing yesterday that Charlie Kernow had little impact in terms of hitting the yeah. scoreboard, but they found a way to win. It's almost, and the discussion has been down here, does Charlie and the Blues play a little bit better? And this isn't uh, derogatory to Harry Mackay at all, but they seem to structure up a little bit better when they just have the one big dog up there. Yeah, well, this goes down in history with that old conversation about the, the twin towers and how many tours you play on the forward line. And if if, if teams can play uh, against that with, like, you know, a third a third tall defender who can come across an instant mark and, and get those spoils in, they're kind of useless. No offence to the tall fours of the comp. Like, they get paid the big bucks for a reason. But I think either Charlie Kernow or Harry Mackay by themselves look a lot more dangerous. And you, you see why why Charlie's kicking bags every every second week. He's right up there in the comp and obviously he's probably going to win it unless Taylor Walker uh, does something crazy over the next few weeks. But He does I have West Coast in the last round. Ah, well, shit, there's 10 goals off the bat then, so... You never know, but yeah, I think I think they do structure up really well, and it's they're not one-dimensional when he when he's playing by himself. They don't look for him every time, but he he, pop, he bobs up and, and takes those big plunks when he needs to. So, I'd in a final as a player playing in Colton, I'd be like I'd rather those two in the team than only having one. To be honest, it shapes up as a cracker, Mitch. This yep. Saturday night, Carlton taking on Melbourne. Melbourne, the Woo! other form team of the comp, but just when they fix their forwards woes, Petty goes out. Does this open the door for Brody Grundy comeback? Yeah, look, I, I I've been through the ringer of being dropped and not being played and stuff, and I don't know, I don't know if you've been in the VFL a couple of times when you're on the I big did. box. I was drinking <laughs> yeah, I piss before games. So that's the reason. <laughs> the red wine, wasn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, hey, we've all been there. We've we been have. There. But but um, I, I think Petty going down and just, like he's he stood up in the last few weeks. He's kicked a um, bag of six and and a few other goals here and there. But um, I think Grundy and the team is is huge for them and. When you get dropped and you go through um, the embarrassment of playing in VFL after being a, such a big signing at the club and being traded a couple of years in a row, I think him coming back in with that chip on his shoulder and playing like a man possessed, he's going to come in and give 110% and, and not have a bad game, I believe. So 
yes, it's not not good that Petty's in there, but also Brownie. I don't know. I haven't been watching Melbourne, but I don't know if Brownie's been playing either. He might be able to come in and, and do his thing. But if Grundy comes in, then I think it's a good a good thing for the club, and and I know for a fact that he'll play some good footy. I think the greater footballing world needs to understand that Brody Grundy can come into that side and have a couple of shots a goal if he kicks two goals. That is more than a pass mark. It shouldn't be yeah. reliant on him to kick six to win the game. You know, they've got a bit of an even spread at the minute. Chandler's been in good form down there. We've seen Melksham kick goals, Petrarca as well. So I think we just need to lower the expectation a little bit on Big Brody. If he does play forward, if he does some nice things, kicks a couple of goals, that is a huge tick for the Ds. Yeah, he's a relieving Ruckman at the moment. Like, he's not the number one. Obviously, Gorn's in fine form. And and for him just to be down there with the presence, like, if he brings the ball to ground, as you said, those players you just mentioned, that's that's their job to clean that up and, you know, crumb and kick goals. That, that brings everyone into it when he's taking probably their tallest defender to allow the, the smaller players to be able to run around and, and just crumb their feet and, and pick it and those guys down there to be able to do the, the best thing they do, I think it's a, you know, it's a win for them. Mm, you've been bloody good. This is a hot start from you. Hang around because after this break, we're going to talk about the Brisbane Lions and also you want to give some love to a bloke playing up in Sydney who you think if he was in Melbourne would be having the sunshine out of his backside. <laughs> this is all on the Footy Talk podcast. You're listening to the Footy Talk Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the bell. Mitch Robinson still here. Let's talk about Brisbane. So we've talked about your old side in the Blues. Now we talk about your most recent old side in the Lions. Do you like what you're seeing from them? No, nah, I hate it. Absolutely hate what I'm seeing. No, nah, I'm actually enjoying. I'm enjoying watching this this year. I'd be devastated if they win the grand final, but I'd be I'd be more angry if I was there and wasn't playing in that one one. But I think that they're they're probably the best they're looking for a while in terms of um, the structure of the team and and they're blooding some young players as well. They've got a lot of young players on the team who have come in and and playing a role. And and to be honest, on the week like yesterday, when I was watching the Brizzy and Freo game. Like I don't watch too much footy, but I, I was impressed that they'd be able to hang in there. And obviously, they learnt from the Melbourne loss, the, you know, in recent times, and they came down to the wire and they won by you know two points. And I think they've still got a couple of players that can come in and play a really good role um, for that team, but. You know, going over to Fremantle and, and playing them when they just beat Geelong last week and they were in fine form, they're not playing like a team who's sitting at 15th. I think it was a really good win for their confidence and they're going to come back and they've got a pretty big game this weekend and um, I do believe they'll finish top two. I think there might be a percentage in there somewhere that might have them in Melbourne around the same win-loss win ratio. So a top two, top two finish and a home final, I think they're a really good chance this year and it hurts me to say, but I think... I had them and Melbourne Demons in the grand final at the start of the year and had Melbourne winning. So that's that's my tip and I'll stand by that. How did things wind up for you at Brisbane? Uh, are you okay with it all or did did you want – I think you wanted to play again. Salty. Yeah, I was salty obviously but – Just run, for those who aren't across it, just run us through sort of what happened towards the end because you played and then you we, we subbed out and then just didn't get – anyway, you tell yeah. the story. So, no, I was playing some good footy at the start of the year. I got suspended early on and, and missed a week there, then came back in. I was playing some good footy. Um, the thing, the first conversation was after a, a Collingwood win, we only just beat them at home and I had 20-odd and I was, I was falling on the ground a bit too much and obviously I had a little bit of back problems, as you do with you get old age and a few um, knocks around the body. And and the conversation was like, well, how would you go play in VFL? And I said, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be wrapped with them. I still think I'm in good form. And then... Um, after I had did a little um, calf nick, I just didn't get back in the team. So obviously playing some great um, VFL footy last year, averaging 30-odd touches a game and, and, and doing some good things. And then the conversation happened towards the 
end of the year, I just hit up the club and I said, look, I just need to know what's happening in 2023 because, um, you know, I've got a family of three and you want a little bit of security and an understanding of what what's next in life. And um, we had that chat and it was all good. It was more around the fact that um, the way that it was handled, um, I, I guess like it was this miscommunication towards the finals time and that will be my last game at the Gabba and, um, and then wanted to be able to say goodbye to the fans and have the family up here and all that kind of stuff. It was just like a little bit of miscommunication there, but there was no hard feelings at the end. Obviously, I did that post on Instagram around um, Papa Fags and, and all of that was all pretty much under the bridge now. We had a good chat uh, at the start of this year and we, uh, we, we covered all that stuff and talked about how players get sent off and the way it happens in finals. And, and we had a good conversation for about two hours over the phone while I was in Darwin. And, and then I came down to the club and got the farewell game on Easter Thursday, which was really, really touching for myself and my family. They were all there and the, did the lap. But, yeah, it was just – I thought I still had a year in me. But, you know, it's, it's father time and he taps you on the shoulder. It's your time to hang him up. And, you know, a lot of players are in denial about that. And, and it's always a tough pill to swallow. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at now and, and living life to the fullest. And um, the boys are doing well still. So I can't say no Robbo, no Lions. Did you seek out another club? Were you thinking of going to a third club or put that on the table at all? Yeah, the manager was talking to me a fair bit. There was a couple of clubs on there. Gold Coast um, came to a few of my games this year because um, I was obviously playing local footy here and um, they were kind of interested in getting some hardness around the footy at stages. And um, unfortunately did my MCL um, at the, the week before the mid-season draft. But I don't reckon uh, it would have been a, a pick-up or if it was that, it was just a lot of chats with them. But there's nothing in, um, set in stone. But... Yeah, I still think I could be out there doing some tagging roles or hitting some bodies on, on the off occasion. But, um, you know, I had 14-year career, so I'm pretty happy with that. Absolutely. 14 years, 247 games. How would you go with the new rules? The sling tackle and oh, the descent. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't have been playing many games regardless because, oh, my God, I can't, I, can't, I can't watch it. That's why I've literally – I was commentating early in the year and um, I was watching too much footy and I was getting – I don't know why, but it's just I just get so frustrated with where the game's at and – Obviously, I understand the rules around um, trying to protect the players' heads and, and with the, the future um, head knocks and concussion protocols. Like, it all makes a lot of sense and they're trying to do what's right for the game. But just some of the grey area and the way it goes about changing the, the way of a game um, in the moments and, and expecting the players to make that split, de- split decision second oh, – split second decisions – is, it's impossible. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't stand watching footy really, but I watch uh, the players that I enjoy watching. I'm very much with you on that. It started off as a double action and that's what we're stamping out <laughs> yeah. and now we're just stamping yeah. out any tackle where someone's head may graze the turf. But we do understand that yeah. this is where footy yeah. is going. So now you just have to learn to tackle people that won't hit their head on the ground. You wanted to talk about a player and mm. a bit of all Australian action. Yep. Give it to us thick. Well, there's a player that that's, keeps popping up all over my socials um, and I think Mason him, Cox. this guy was in it. Mason, no, <laughs> Mason Cox. He keeps popping I up on my socials. I blocked him on everything ages ago. <laughs> you blocked him. him. I, blo- I, can't, I don't mind him now, but during my playing days, I couldn't, I couldn't have it. I don't know why. But I, Mason Cox, if you, this, this probably get clipped up and stuff, but I actually do, I do rate what he's doing now. He's doing a great job in the podcast industry. Get on his and, pod, and mate. Making, get on his pod. No, nah, no. Nah, nah. nah. <laughs> I'm busy, but I honestly like. There's a. There's a <laughs> no, this is gonna get clipped, but I do. I do like. I do. I don't mind him anymore. It's just a couple of things I just couldn't have. But <laughs> no, there's a player at the moment for Sydney Swans, and he, he's doing some amazing stuff in his fourth year. And I, I just think to myself, if Errol Gordon was at a team in Victoria, oh my God, the, the the papers would be loving him as much as Nick Dacos at the moment. He's he's having a stellar season, and and he's definitely all Australian in my books. I think. 
on the weekend he had 32 and 2. Um, before that, it's had 37 and 1, 22 and 1, 30, 31, 26, 32. Like from a wing position, that's bloody tough. Now there's only other one one other winger in this chat right now. It's me. And you played it for a little bit with the, with the blonde locks. You played wing a little bit, and you're all Australian in that regards. But he is just absolutely flying, and and we saw what he can do in the preseason. But I was like, oh, it's preseason. Who gives a shit about that? Like no one really cares. It's just you get the footy and have some fun, work on some structures. But he has been consistent throughout the whole year, and they're pretty much the reason. With a few other cogs in the team, there's why they could potentially play finals. He's that good. He is going to be awesome, and I love your point that they're going to put wingers on the wings for yeah. a long time in the other They have to. They can't just bust out another midfielder. You're going to have Josh Dacos no. on one of them and Errol on the other, and I'm certainly here for it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've always been butthurt about this because I played wing um, for the last five years in the AFL, and, and I had a couple good years, and I didn't even make the squad. Uh, so I was flat with this, but the 2022 wingers, let's have a look at this. Took Miller, he was on the wing. Played He's an umbola. Played 2.5% on the wing for the whole year. That is incredible. He must have done a great job. And the other one is Callum Mills played 18%. So that's not too bad. There's only been two players since 2005, since Champion Data started their recordings, who played a wing and made wing positions. Andrew Gaff twice and one legend who probably signed the biggest contract in Colton history. Do you know who that guy is? I don't think they put Juddy on the wing. Dale, yes. Daisy Thomas, 2011, dominated from the wing, played over 50% there. So that's that's where I was looking at. So hopefully this year, there's there's names galore. There's uh, obviously, we talked about Errol Goulden. We've got Nick Martin from Essendon, who's playing some good footy. Oh, Shima Cluggage, that's obviously, I'm always going to be a big advocate for him. And obviously the Dacos brothers. So I think Josh is more so predominantly wing, but you know, Nick can pinch hit and he might get a few touches here and there there. I do like that fact. Uh, what about, we just skipped over it when we're talking about Brisbane. The Dane Zorko Squirrel Group. Now, I've got pretty <laughs> strong views on this that I hate, and I will put that on the record. I hate the fact that after the fact, they then, they being Brisbane, and wanted to take it further, resulting in Tuke Milak getting a week off. Surely the player's oh, code stands that, and especially if you're a little turd like uh, <laughs> Dane can be, he's a bit of a sometimes chirper. He doesn't mind the old scratch around the eyeballs, as yeah. we saw. He loves a little bit of niggle. Yeah. Surely he just goes, you know what, this was my turn to cop it. Look, Dane Zorko's my boy, and, and um, I've grown – when I played against him, I didn't like him at all. When I played with him, he's one of those players that you love to play with. But there is a, there is a code, and I don't know, those guys have some deep history, and there's always been he say, she say, and – and they Zorka's did, Took Miller and Zorko. Yeah, mate, they, you know this for a fact. They hate I each other. I didn't know this. They hate what? each other. Yeah, what I didn't you know. Mean? Well, I don't know. It's Gold Coast, bro, in Brisbane. We oh, don't that's report a on the point. town that's, here That's in a great point. Mate, they, they have, like, the biggest feuds every game they play each other. And, and it's always been um, public knowledge. I, I thought you were into AFL. But they always go back and forth and... And this one, I think Zorko should have got the free kick for a high tackle that then got squirrel grip. So you tell me, like, how annoyed would you be that you're always the villain in these situations? And then surely this gets picked up. You can't go grabbing nuts out in the field. And, yes, you shouldn't say it after the game and you shouldn't go to that extent. But, mate, like, you can't be doing that. So you reckon if it was anyone else but Tuke Miller, Dane wouldn't have... 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Look, I had a lot of texts last week talking about Dane and what's he like. I'm like, mate, he's a ripper. But, like, if it was anyone else but Tuke Miller grabbing his nuts... He would have just let it fly, 100%. Oh, there you go. There's a bit of an insight from Robbo. Before we wrap you up, and it has been great talking to you again, give us your premiership winner. My premiership winner, I think it's going to be, well, at the start of the year I said Melbourne and Brisbane Lions in the grand final. Now, I don't know how it's going to go if they play each other first up, but 
I still believe it will be Melbourne and Brisbane Lions. So I'll stand by my – like I hate pre-season predictions. They mean nothing. But if, if it gets there, I'll look like an absolute legend. So I'm going to go for those two. Norm Smith medalist. I said, I said Melbourne winner. Um, Petrarca, he's he's flying at the moment. Like he, like he's playing some great footy, and I don't know if it's because his his diet or his, his chef abilities, but he's he's flying on and off the field, <laughs> cooking with track or whatever that is uh, on track. <laughs> um, Brownlow medalist. Now, so Dacos is out. Yeah, if Dacos if Dacos is out, I still think he'd be so far ahead that it's going to take Bond a, f- a couple games towards the end of the year to turn it on. But yeah, it's a mid it's a midfielder award, and and he's got so much hype that the umpires can't not give him bulk votes through the year. So I'm going to say either either Dacos or Bontempelli. Rising star. Yeah, so I had my I had Will Ashcroft in there, but um, the hype around him has probably outlasted Cheezel. So I'm thinking that it's still going to be Ashcroft. Um, Early days, she's big. Sheezy was um, killing it with the possession wise. It wasn't winning games, yada yada. But but Ashcroft, he's been he's been pretty consistent throughout the whole year. So I think I think big Will Ashcroft. And the last one for you, you get one game to come back, and there's someone sitting under a high ball, and you get a fifty meter run up the other way. <laughs> the umpires, for some reason, weren't looking. Who is one of the fifteen umpires? One of the fifteen, and the cameras somehow malfunctioned, and the lights have gone out at the Gabba. Who's the one person you want sitting under it? Oh, this is the biggest clickbait shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, my, my game coming back would be versus Richmond because obviously we've got some rich history. The player underneath it, I think you'd know who that is. I'm not going to say anything. Ah, yes, I do know. You even hit me up about this guy. Yeah, read between the lines, yeah. Nah, he's all right. We, 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 hey, we've, we've actually, we've actually uh, had some – I, I messaged him like two years later and apologised when I was on the way out the door. I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to bury that hatchet. And I sent him a message saying, look, I shouldn't have said that stuff, and um, especially on that platform, and I was just in the moment, and Robbo, Robbo wings a lot of things when he's when he forgets he's on camera, so I apologise for that. So, you know, this is the thing. I, like, I did hit you up, didn't I? You, so you the, don't have to like him. That Tom's did, a nice man. guy. You slid, you slid in my DMs. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, Tom's a legend. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a f- <laughs> like, what happened on field. Like, you know. Yeah, I got, yeah I, you were wound I, up, I, and I, I get like, that. When you're playing against yeah. people and you don't actually know them, you have different perspectives. Yeah. I hate everyone when I play against them on field. And then you meet my field and you have a beer with them and they're legends. So, like, it's it's one of those things that, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, everyone hates me. You meet me at a pub. If I'm not too pissed, I'm pretty good bloke. <laughs> you are an absolute ripper, Mitch, and everyone does love you. Everyone thinks you've got plenty to give. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. No worries, Dale. Thanks for having me and thanks to Footy Talk, mate. They're doing great things. They're putting out content daily. You can get it on all social media platforms and also on all media platforms. Good luck, guys. Have a great year. If I don't see you again before 2024, I really appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks, Daisy. Good luck with golf. Hopefully you hit uh, par. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Mitchie. Thank you very much. That is right. We are on the Instagram at footytalk underscore pod, TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow is... Mitch, yep, two-year deal. Well done, Mitch. Congratulations. Fags has just called through tomorrow. Joey and Rui talking all things footy, of course. This has been the Footy Talk Podcast. Listener.